what's up and welcome to the DualSense Podcast for episode 152. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason. I'm joined once again by your usual co-host. He's calling himself tonight Dr. Sumi. He's also known by his Christian name, which is Travis. Travis, welcome back. How do you know I'm Christian? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Mm, all right christian you could be atheist you could be jewish for all i know definitely not jewish i think that'd be cool though jewish would be the one i'd go with if i could pick you know if i was making a character a human character at the beginning i'd pick jew yeah yeah you uh i don't know anything about you actually (laughs) we've never met i'm an enigma (laughs) (laughs) i've never met dr sumi yeah uh, how are you how's it feel to be back how was kansas shitty it was fine. We saw some soccer. It rained a little bit. My wife had a meltdown in the VR World War One experience, so we had a great time. Wait a second here. VR World War One. Yeah, they um they have the for some reason the World War One museum is in Kansas City. Don't know why. Hmm. And it's it's hilarious. Not it is, but it isn't. Like we you know, we had like fifty thousand casualties in the first World War or dead. And the British lost that many people on the first day of the Battle of the Somme. And then we have a museum. Anyway, Dan Carlin has this podcast called Hardcore History. It's very popular. You should look it up. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. But he did this really incredible in-depth World War One piece. And then he made a VR thing that has traveled the country. So it's wow. a 15, 20-minute VR experience. You, you, know, you got the goggles, the headset. You can't hear anything except for him talking and you know war sounds. And you... Perfect. You go through. So, you know, you start off in the observation balloon, you go in the trench, you see people shooting mortars, you see rats. And of course, it's VR. So the floors move in, really loud explosions. Uh, there's wind blowing on you. You see this tanks, awesome. mortars coming in, you get gassed at one point. And you can even, like, you can, you can touch everything. So, like, it's a course that's laid out. But everything you see in your headset, like, if you see a parapet or you're in the wicker basket, on observation balloon you could touch wicker but around you this is awesome yeah i, I mean, want to do this right yeah not I mean not in real life but in oh, VR. No. Certainly. so you know so i'm excited right i do my i go through mine there's people on the right side and um, they jump over the top you get to get watch them get their heads blown off great real good experience there but anyway i get done sweet i get done and then um <laughs> waiting on my wife i love this the guy had to convince her to just do the beginning part where you get in the wicker basket he said, don't be nervous. Nobody's ever left crying. So fast forward 35 seconds. She's crying. And <laughs> I she, get the fuck out. And she leaves. She can't do it. She quits. She like, takes everything off. And I'm like, what happened? Like, I got to know what happened. So she's like, I was nervous. I thought we would do it together. But then they said it's a solo thing. And then there is a part where you get locked in this, in this room. She's like, well, I was nervous about being locked in. Then you have all this stuff on you. And then she's like, you know how I hate loud noises. And I was like, yeah, it's a war VR experience is going to be loud. So, <laughs> you know, she had a freaking meltdown. So yeah, my you wife is, vacation. yeah, she's now a casualty of the first world war. So <laughs> <laughs> and she's got PTSD after vacation. So yeah, just how, she, you, just how you drew it up. She did not enjoy it at all. It was great. <laughs> you, well, in, in your defense, we've played a lot of battlefield one. We've had a lot of practice. Yeah. I was having a great time. I was like, oh, look, a Mark I tank. That's uh-huh. a female version. There's a male version. Literally, it goes over the top of you. You can see, like, you know, the treads pushing mud into the trench and sick. whatnot. And I don't know. It's like I was having a blast. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. So if you uh, yeah. you got 
and you're in Kansas City, it's worth your time. Perfect. Well, it made your vacation and ruined your wife's mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So she gets for making me go on vacation. Mm, Fair, fair. So uh, anyway, Travis, we are a PlayStation podcast where you and I get together each and every week to discuss all things like news, rumors, new game releases, and much more. All in under 90 minutes, of course. I actually went almost two hours last week with Ryan, which I'm sure oh. won't surprise you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to neuter Ryan when he's on the show. He's got a lot to say. He's very opinionated and glad, and so yeah, I let him go. That's why but it's to, fun. Yeah, but you and I, you know, we're a little bit more buttoned up. No, no offense to Ryan. He's always wonderful, but you and I, we, uh, we're buttoned up in certain ways and not buttoned up in other ways. But anyway, we right. typically do it in 90 minutes. We post new episodes every Monday on all of the usual podcast services around the world, as well as YouTube, where we share gameplay videos. And uh, nearly 200 of you are subscribed over there now. Our, we're doing quite well on the YouTube. It's actually our biggest platform now, believe it or not. It's crazy. So thank you very much for listening and uh, checking our stuff out over there. But you can also find us on social media. Our primary uh, app is Twitter, where we go by at the Pod. We tweet about video games and general nonsense, so please find us there. But we're also on Instagram and Facebook if that's more your speed. Um, and we also have a website. It's called thedualsensepodcast.wordpress.com. You can get the shows there each week as well, in addition to show notes, our bios, and our photos. If you want to see what we look like. So without any further ado here, let's jump into the week's news, starting with Number one, after years of stockpiling game studios and rights to video game IP, both big and small, Swedish conglomerate Embracer Group finally admitted its first body blow this week, announcing plans to close studios and cancel unannounced games in what they are calling a quote-unquote restructuring program. The move comes on the heels of the company taking a 40% hit to its share price last month after announcing a $2 billion game partnership had fallen through unexpectedly. CEO Lars Wingefors said that the move will make the company, quote, leaner, stronger, and more focused, self-sufficient, and a more focused, self-sufficient company, end quote, excuse me. He added that while the company's massive 17,000 count workforce will be cold by the end of the year, that they will try to transition staff to other projects where feasible. Wingafors offered reassurance that, quote, all announced significant released releases will still be released as planned, end quote. As for the studio closures, he also stated that some studios will be sold off rather than closed outright. We've been wondering for years just what in the world Embracer's endgame was during this spree, which saw them balloon to 12 operating groups that oversee 138 internal game studios that oversee nearly 850 IPs, and now we know that they simply went too big, too fast. Despite the bad news, Embracer said it will turn its focus to its internal IP and will lean heavily on the rights to the Lord of the Rings, among others, to get them out of this mess. In fact, Chief Operating Officer Matthew Karch said, quote, I mean, we own Lord of the Rings, and we know we need to be exploiting Lord of the Rings in a very significant fashion, and turning that into one of the biggest gaming franchises in the world. And that's obviously something we're going to be doing. And so that's a much better use of resources than some of the other projects that some of our teams have been working on. End quote. Okay. What do you, what do you think of any of this? Wow. Okay. So, first of all, yeah, what the fuck is Embracer Group doing? And even though they're 
culling the herd now, so to speak, I think it's still worth asking what the fuck are they doing? Like it's uh-huh. so they are just an enigma to me. I mean, we've seen if you look in, across pretty much any industry, whatever railroads or airplanes doesn't matter. There's always a a group that grows way too fast and has to either um, downsize or they basically close because they can't they can't handle their fatness, right? Sure. So, and then the first thing that really jumped out to me is he says, you know, this should help us refocus. We should be leaner. We should do all these things, right? More focused, more self-sufficient. Well, then why the fuck were you buying all these people? Right. You could do that without buying 850 IPs. (laughs) Like, yeah, ridiculous. Um, Yeah. So do we, did we talk about what the $2 billion partnership was that fell through? Because if we did, I don't remember what it was. No, they haven't made public. They haven't made it public what the two billion dollar deal was for. Like, you know, if, if it was, it could have been a, a two billion dollar deal to make Star Wars games. For all we know, they they haven't said, or at least I haven't seen it made public. So we don't we don't really know what that was for. That would be. I mean, obviously, that's what caused most of the layoffs because their stock price dropped forty percent. So, what's interesting is, what does that tell you about? I don't feel like if I have a lot of faith in my company and the stock price dropped that much, I wouldn't jump to cutting people right right that deal obviously is two million dollars so that mean it must be it must have been something crazy right that make, made them think there's no way we can recover it so we got to just cut our losses mm-hmm. so i think that that's there's got to be something there i'd love to be able to dig into that and know some more um who knows if we ever will get that information though but i would the, the final thing i'll say about it is i have zero faith that they'll make the lord of the rings worth anything playing what why would i think that they would be able to turn that around like part of the reason i feel that way is the way that you know you send your coo out to make a statement and he's like Mm -hmm. i mean we own lord of the rings okay well what the fuck have you done with it so then he's saying like well yeah we should you know this is a better use of our resources and some other projects that we that we're now you know cutting or redlining it's like okay well then why weren't you anyway like lord Mm -hmm. of the rings is like star wars it's like hogwarts it's like it should be up there and it could be a very, very sweet game, a very cool game. I have zero faith that they can do anything good with it. That's just incredible to me. Like it's almost like in their reset, they were like, "Oh yeah, we have Lord of the Rings." Like I just, right. oh shit, I don't, yeah. I don't have much faith in them. So we'll see at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Again, but like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and like Tom Henderson tweeted a couple of weeks ago, like these life cycles of games or these development cycles of games are now five to seven years. Mm-hmm. So. Will Embracer Group, how many cuts will they make before, uh, you know, 2028? That's five years from now. You know, if they Mm -hmm. haven't started this development already, you're looking at the end of the decade before we even have it. So that's a long time for your investors to kind of wait around in that kind of a world. Yeah, I I feel like along those lines, they brought up Lord of the Rings to be like, hey, don't worry. We've got (laughs) Lord of the Rings, one of the most popular IPs in the world. We're going to cap. We're going to we're going to make that a priority and capitalize on that. We're going to be just fine. You know, that's certainly a strategy, and I don't know that it's a terrible one, but you also can't just rely on Lord of the Rings to 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 keep your company afloat. And I think that the, the I guess, lack of success of the Amazon Prime show shows that, because if something's not good, it's not good. Look at the Gollum game, how bad it was, for instance. So, you know, we've been watching their exponential growth over the last few years and we've been wondering like what the fuck are they doing like are they just like buying all this up to eventually like sell off 
all of all of this or you know get bought out by Microsoft or something like that you know we we've been wondering and we still don't really have a clue as to what their end game was but we now know that it's not going to work out the way the way they thought it would that at the very mm-hmm. least and you know they we know that they just couldn't do it and sometimes you can just keep adding and it's like the it's like the Jenga tower. You know, you keep adding blocks to the Jenga tower and they're <laughs> unbalanced. Eventually it's gonna fall over. Number two, the US Federal Trade Commission announced this week that it is filing an injunction to block Microsoft's merger with Activision in order to keep the deal from going through before its July 18th deadline. The injunction will bring the case before the FTC's administrative law judge in August. Later in the week, Microsoft filed their own injunction and also asked for a temporary restraining order against the FTC to block their block. Not to be outdone, the FTC filed their own temporary restraining order to block the deal until the injunction case can be heard in court. The FTC's temporary restraining order was granted, meaning that the deal is temporarily blocked, and that's where things stand for now. And in other words, this is becoming a never-ending game of Uno, with two sides constantly playing the reverse card. And the the latest news is that while this deal is temporarily blocked, that Microsoft is putting pressure on their lawyers to basically hurry the fuck up and get the deal ready to go. <laughs> so, right. What do you make of what do you make of all this nonsense? I love the Uno reference. Like it is, you block, I block, you block, I block. They're blocking, I'm blocking. Like if the FTC's yeah. instituting their own block, why does why? <laughs> Why do we need to do anything else? <laughs> Why is anybody else submitting yeah. one? That's very interesting to me. God, this is so it's so annoying. So theoretically, this could get blocked here and in Great Britain, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't yeah. seem like you know. It seems like you'd want America to be in your gaming market. That you know, it's just me. So yeah, I think it's blocked here. It's it's done. For and sure. I, I listen. I I understand the Microsoft lawyers telling their people to get it done, but at the end of the day, you're kind of mm-hmm. the federal government. You're you're moving at the government pace. It is what it is. So yeah. It's not, we're not going to make it by July unless everybody just decides, fine, you can do it, which they're not. So, I mean, we're rolling into August now with this thing is what it looks like. So I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't, I don't think Microsoft really expected it to be this difficult, to be honest. That I don't think so. Uh, why bother, really? I mean, they're spending a bunch of yeah, money. I, they have the money, but it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's just every time there's something mm-hmm. The two things you hear about on the show every week are this and people getting laid off. <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that's in a nutshell what keeps happening. Yeah, that's very true. And I, I think that I really don't know what's going to happen with this thing at this point. I I want to say that it's going to go through, but I honestly have no idea. Like it could get, I, I think that there's a chance that it could get blocked here in America. And if that's the case, obviously it's toast. Microsoft pays Activision $3 billion. Everybody goes back to doing what they're doing. Microsoft probably buys someone else like Ubisoft or EA or maybe Embracer Group at that point. <laughs> I mean, you know, who knows? And so the bottom line is that, yes, to your point, I think there's no way this is done by June 8th or sorry, July 18th. And it's like, you know, I've said this before earlier this year on the show. I think this gets drug out and through all the way through this year. I just don't see it being settled before the year is out. but. Uh, we'll see. More drama. Still not determined. Still can't wait for it to be over one way or the other. Number three, Sony announced the PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium Tier games for June, which are arriving this week. 
And they also announced that they are currently testing PS5 game cloud streaming for premium subscribers, meaning that players will be able to stream supported games without having to download them first. Supported games will include PS5 games in the PS Plus game catalog, as well as game trials. No time frame was given for the feature launch by Sony. Sticking with the PlayStation Plus motif for a moment, Nick McGuire, the VP and global head of subscriptions for PlayStation, told website Games Industry that indie game Stray has seen the highest number of players for any title since they revamped the PlayStation Plus service last year. Meanwhile, Ghost of Tsushima has topped the most hours played of all games on the service. McGuire also said that more people are subscribed to premium than extra, which is quite interesting. As for the games coming to the catalog this week, they include Rogue Legacy 2, Far Cry 6, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, Inscription, Solstice, Tacoma, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, Killing Floor 2, Lonely Mountains Downhill, Vampire the Masquerade, Cotteries of New York, maybe it's Coteries of New York, I have no idea, 100 Days Winemaking Simulator, A Hat in Time, Carto, Forager, Dodgeball Academia, The Wild at Heart, Red Out 2, Thief, Motocross vs. ATV Legends, Paw Patrol, Mighty Pups, Save Adventure Bay, My Friend Peppa Pig, DC League of Super Pets, The Adventures of Crypto and Ace, The Talos Principle Deluxe Edition, Elex 2, and then on the Premium Editions, Classic Games, we're getting Killzone Liberation on, or from PlayStation Portable, I should say, Worms from PS1, and Herc's Adventures from PS1. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of PS Plus stuff going on here. What do you think? Yeah, I saw this the other day and almost uh, almost texted you, but I decided to tell you on the podcast, um, congratulations, you mm-hmm. finally got your Killzone game on PS5. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Real exciting, some people, man. Some people say that's the best one. I've never played it, so I guess I'll find out. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I, I, I find it, I know that they have numbers, but it's hard to imagine that people are on premium, or people are on premium than extra, because what's, I don't think there's much value in premium right now. I wonder if they're accidentally in premium. That would, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for so they bought it and then they just never paid attention and it just renewed. Right. I always wonder about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second point I wanted to make was about Stray. Since it's had the highest number of people play the game, mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? Because technically I played 2K. So yeah, what's, now what's that likely? Counts. Yeah, yeah that I, counts. People, so, people are like, so, what the fuck is this game? I'm a cat. And they download it and we're like, okay. Like, yeah, exactly. That's, I think yeah, hours, are, that. hours might be more telling. Well, maybe not because you know you yeah. can have five guys play The Witcher for 2,000 hours. That doesn't mean it's, you right. know. So that's, I don't know. It's an interesting stat, but I don't think it means a lot at the end of the day. Um, you can say mm-hmm. the same about Ghost of Tsushima. Like, that's really cool. But I mean, what does it really mean at the end of the day? So uh, mm-hmm. those are interesting. But as far as the games, you know, I would, I would be excited about Far Cry 6. Uh, I think Shredder's mm-hmm. Revenge was pretty good. Yeah. Dose X, I've heard a lot about that, but I've never played yeah. it. But yeah, that, that would be all I'd really be interested in, um, to be honest. I mean, Lonely Mountains Downhill is that a downhill bike game? It is. It's pretty I mean, cool. It's a yeah. very minimalist art style. You see, that could be cool. So, I mean, there's some, I think there's some niche things that they're throwing up there mm-hmm. for this week. But, you know, I, lo- I know people like MX versus ATV Legends. It's not my thing, though. Um, we all know yeah. Peppa Pig is just a conduit of the devil. So, probably shouldn't download that. But, <laughs> The rest of it uh-huh. is, uh, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Yeah. It's, I give it a B. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, excited, but I'm not, ex- I'm, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle. 
Yeah, I actually think that's a pretty fair rating. I would say somewhere in the B range for the for the list of games specifically. I might be willing, I mean, depending on how deep we are into F one twenty three, I might be willing to give Far Cry six another try. It really wasn't my jam at the time. You know, I was excited about it at launch and then I just I, I wasn't into it probably mostly because I had an issue with like I don't know. I mean, this was present in Far Cry five as well, but like there's the fucking enemies have like health bars and then like you have I don't know, I didn't like how they did there were some RPG mechanics, I guess, in there that I didn't really like in Far Cry Six. It was hard as I feel like it was hard as fuck. I was dying left and right. But uh, anyway, uh, Rogue Legacy Two is actually it's not it's it's a day one release for PlayStation. It's not a new game release totally, but it's not been on PlayStation before, so it's releasing onto the service day one for PlayStation. Rogue Legacy Two is. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge looks dope. It's I've heard very good things. I haven't played it. Uh, I do want to play it. Uh, so I'll probably download that. Inscription is cool, but it's kind of hard. But it's very unique. It's different. I just kind of got... I kind of hit a wall with it and kind of gave up on it. Uh, Killing Floor 2 is a cool like FPS like zombie horde shooter thing. It's a pretty cool game. Uh, what else here? Oh, the one I'm actually... There's two that I'm actually the most interested in. One is Elex 2. Uh, it's an open world RPG, and then Kills on Liberation. I'm gonna, and I think I'm actually gonna check out that Herx Adventures game too. So I'm gonna check those three out for sure, and and probably Shredder's Revenge, and uh, and go from there. In terms of the other PS Plus news from Mr. McGuire, um, I find it interesting that Stray has been played so much, but at the same time, it was one of those day one releases onto the service. So I think that that was boosted. That boosted as well, and it was, it was a really good game too, to be fair, but I think that the fact that it was a day one release on the service gave it a big boost. The thing that I'm curious about with Ghost of Tsushima having the most hours, like, what are people doing on that game for so long? Like, are they playing Legends, you think? <laughs> like, the multiplayer? I don't, but I, mean, I don't I, I see mean, that in the ether. I mean, I, I don't know see it on pop- Reddit. I don't see it on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know it's popular, and it's good. Don't get me wrong, the multiplayer, but like, like you said, like, I don't see, like, YouTube videos of people playing legends or stuff like that so i'm I'm confused of of how that's possible but uh, i also find it odd that more people are on premium than extra i guess that goes to show you know what i know because i think mm-hmm. that premium's not worth it at this point still even with the cloud even with the cloud streaming yeah, uh, but that brings opinion. up a point like yeah the cloud streaming i forgot about that that would be interesting but i need to see it work yeah. like i feel like we're just going to be in this ether of it not working for a while i still don't trust their I just don't trust the whole cloud thing from PlayStation when they can't yeah. make the remote play work in my living room. But, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and you always hear these commercials about this company that can get rid of subscriptions for you that you've forgotten about. And I never can understand who the fuck doesn't know what they're paying for. And I feel like yeah. I found it. It's the premium on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. The one thing about the cloud thing, I will say, is that, you know, okay, so we have this list of games here this month let's say you're interested in checking out six of those right yeah now you can just start streaming it immediately and try it out for 10 or 15 20 minutes and if you think oh it's cool then you can go ahead and download it you don't have to download the whole fucking game only to find out you don't like it so that is cool i will say that is a that is a neat perk in that sense anyway decent month for the june catalog there's uh there's probably something there for everybody i would say number four the recently departed God of War art director, he changed jobs, he didn't die. <laughs> Raphael Grissetti 
said in a recent interview with Portuguese outlet Flow Games, excuse me, Flow? That Sony directs its PlayStation Studios games to aim for a 90 score on Metacritic. He added that Sony does not tie any bonuses to these scores, but rather to sales milestones, as you might expect. Grissetti also said that the company gives its internal teams all the time they need to make their game, so long as projects are on the right track and hitting milestones, and also depending on what phase of production that they are in. So what do you think about this charge from PlayStation Studios to tell their teams, like, hey, you need to be striving for 90? No problem with it. They should. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, if I'm making a game, if me and you are making a game, I would want that as well. Like... It, I would be, I would not be happy if me and you made a game. They got a sixty or a seventy. Like it had to be in the eighties for me to feel like I did something. You know, like I accomplished my goal. Making, you know, a game that scores like that, I think, is a part of uh, your vision for the game. And when PlayStation right. invests in you as a studio, they bring you in to be a part of the family, or, or they whatever they mm-hmm. they expect that, right? And it's okay to set expectations. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. They you know, he put some qualifiers in here like we give you the we'll give you as much time as you need but you got to hit certain milestones. We got to see that you're producing and you're getting there, which they've shown I think that if you don't, they'll cut you off, which we see them do the last couple of months with different studios, so in different projects where they just right. weren't, they weren't where they needed to be. So I have no issue with it at all. And I saw some people like taking a shot at him on Twitter. They were like, you know, what the last three or four that came out only one of them was in the 90s but if you average them out they do average out to a 90 i think the other two were like 87 88 whatever it was yeah like the last of us was a 90 something but god of war was like 88 or i don't remember exactly yeah how it went. no i think that's right but but his again he's not saying if you don't hit a 90 we're gonna fucking shoot you in the back of the head that's not what he's saying what he's saying is we <laughs> yeah. have a goal and we mm-hmm. have a standard and that's what we hold it to it's just like the miami heat like they have a standard they expect to be in the playoffs every year and win and mm-hmm. there's years where they don't do it and they regroup and try to figure out a battle back, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that at all. I think that's completely normal. It's a great business thing to have. It's a clear vision. It's concise. It's tangible. It's quantifiable. Um, I think it's actually mm-hmm. like, I love it. Like if I work there, that's what exactly what I'd want. I'd want to know exactly what you expect and exactly how I can keep on track. And they, he's given you all those things. Like I don't understand all I'm trying to say is I don't understand some of the the pushback I got on I saw on Twitter about it. Yeah, yeah, I I I think you hit the nail on the head. I have no problem with him saying, "Hey, you need to be pushing for 90. If you don't hit 90, we're, like you said, we're not going to fire you. We're not going to close the studio. But if you know, if you have three releases in a row at a 70, we might not go for that. Nothing wrong with having expectations. And to be honest, we have seen PlayStation Studios hit that bar consistently or at least come close to that over and over and over. And I think that the mantra, the direction speaks for itself in a lot of ways. And there's, I don't think there's any other company platform holder publisher that has the kind of output that PlayStation Studios has. There's just not, I mean, the only ones that are, that can touch them are rockstar because they have, Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead, in my opinion. That's it. I think the list stops right there in terms of like the top two publishers in the world. So no problem with having that. And also it's clear that, you know, if they need more time, they'll give it to them. Not in every case. I think it depends on 
where they're at. This guy gave an example of God of War Ragnarok. He was like, you know, we were hitting our milestones, but at the, toward the end, we had so much content that we needed to polish up and to test and to QA that we needed more time to make sure that it was that we could have potential to hit a 90. So we, we, we asked for some more time to do so. And Sony said, yeah, sure. You know, so I think those are the, the situations that come about that he was referring to. I don't think that, like you said, there was some people on Twitter like, oh, they're overworking these guys, telling them they have to have a 90. Like, we got to have some context. You know, we got to have a little bit of common sense. And yeah. like you said, it, it is a business. And it's a business that relies on profit and loss. And when the business is reliant on profit and loss and share price, there has to be a line in the sand somewhere. It is what it is. Yeah, and those people complaining probably don't have any responsibility in their life or they have a job that's super remedial because they're afraid of responsibility just by what they're saying. You can't be you can't be a billion dollar company and be afraid of setting standards and high expectations. That's that's how it works. Sure. And if you fail at it, then it's not for you and it doesn't mean you're worthless. It just means like, you know, if you ask a fish to climb a tree, it's gonna suck. <laughs> you gotta figure out where your ocean is. Um mm. and sometimes you know, listen, if you took that job and you can't cut it for God of War, then they'll find somebody else who can. But right. it's, you know, it's like, it, I think any jobs like that, though, like, you know, it's sports are the easiest thing. But like, you know, if you if you draft a kid, you expect him to be really, really good. You're going to give him the, the chance to prove himself. And at a certain point, you cut your loss. Same thing with these studios. Like, you give them all the chance you can. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. Number five, we also have... A lot of news nuggets, Travis. A ton. We've gotten to the five-letter category on the bullet points here. It's uh, uncharted territory. But it's because we had so many showcases over the past weekend with so many game announcements that uh, we're going to cover them all. Every one of them as best as we can. So let's jump into the nuggets here. First nugget. Three new PSVR 2 games were revealed on the PlayStation blog this week and what has been a steady cadence of game announcements for the headset in recent weeks. The new games are Tiger Blade, a neo-noir first-person first person slasher, Wanderer, the Fragments of Fate, which looks fucking incredible. It's an upgraded version of the time-traveling puzzle-adventure game and another pixel-ripped game called Pixel-Ripped 1995. Mm. So uh, some steady releases there. That Wanderer, the Fragments of Fate game, you need to look that up on YouTube at one point. You're in World War II, and uh, it, it looks, oh my God, it looks so good. I'll check it out. Play that. Yeah, Tiger Blade sounds cool. Like a FPS slasher sounds kind of dope. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Korean, like samurai-ish mm. type of John Wick thing. Yeah, that sounds dope. I thought you were going to say mm. Korean barbecue, and I was like, okay. <laughs> no, not quite. Also, pre-orders for Spider-Man 2 went live on Friday. Three editions are available, a standard edition for $70, a digital deluxe edition for $80, and a collector's edition for $230. It comes with a Venom statue. The Final Fantasy 16 demo dropped this week, featuring two hours of the game's prologue. Your save data will carry over to the full game when it launches on the 22nd, and people seem to be loving it. And yeah. it seems to be really boosting... The game and its pre-orders. I tried it and uh, fell asleep. So, not <laughs> well, for me, obviously. <laughs> why does a prologue need to be more than two hours? I don't. What are we doing? I skip prologues yeah, yeah. in books. You think I'm gonna fucking play the game prologue? What <laughs> yeah, are you doing? Uh, I, don't even, I don't read the epilogue either. 
Jesus Christ. The book's over. If it was important, you'd put it in a fucking chapter. Why do I need to read the epilogue? That's not true. Do you hang around for the fucking encore to concert? That's not the same because that would oh, be like, really? yeah, because I would be like leaving out chapter four of the book. <laughs> like, you know, listen, the fucking yeah. Creed's got to play higher. I'm staying for it. <laughs> I can take you higher. All right, next nugget here. Speaking of Final Fantasy 16, Square Enix revealed that developer Platinum Games and the team behind Kingdom Hearts helped create portions of the game. Website Gamatsu reported, and actually want to point out here that I'm starting with Gamatsu this week. I normally end with Gamatsu. That's because there's so many game announcements. So I'm, I'm going to lead off with them. Gamatsu reported that Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is Like a Dragon 8, was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will launch early next year. Wait, question, question about dragons. Unrelated. Where do they get all yeah. the gold from that they have in their caves? I don't know. You're going to have to ask J.R. Tolkien, okay. who died like 100 years ago or whatever. Well, we can dig him up. We'll be able to do that soon. We'll put the Neuralink in his head. Listen, I just, I mean, okay, I'm going to have to look at this. I'm going to have to look this up. Because I was thinking, like, why would trolls just walk, everybody they eat doesn't just have gold on them. Maybe. Maybe I decided that they shit gold. Mm. Where else would it come mm. from? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Also, Heist Shooter Payday 3 was finally given a release date. It will launch September 21st on PS5 for $39.99. Perfect. Pretty excited about that. Yeah. It's worth $40. Hopefully. Oh, Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so. We'll see. Ubisoft Massive's open world Star Wars game called Star Wars Outlaws was revealed and it's due out sometime in 2024 for PS5. And uh, not a Star Wars guy, but this game looked really good. I have to admit. Looks good. It's got a GTA style wanted system. Pretty pretty interesting for a Star okay, Wars game. Okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, because technically, like, you know, Han Solo and all them were were outlaws. Right. Right. That's interesting. What do you do? Do you like? What do you do? You just steal shit? Like, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. There's okay. a lot of shooting and fighting in the in the gameplay footage. So okay. I'm not sure. And then you hop on a ship and you fly away. I don't know. It looked cool. <laughs> Also, Travis, one of my favorite announcements mm-hmm. of the entire weekend, Neon Noir Action Sandbox Police Game, The Precinct, was announced for PS5, but no release date was given. It's an isometric throwback uh, to the classic GTA top-down games, and this look, it looks so fucking good. It's procedurally <laughs> generated crimes. Mm-hmm. You're solving convenience store, or you're arresting people doing convenience store robberies. You're taking on bank heists, mm-hmm. you know, drug bust etc i can't fucking wait it looks awesome like this you mm-hmm. know the isometric part of things really cool it's got a little mm-hmm. bit of the police simulator and it's got a little bit of like old school gta vibes like oh, oh and yeah. it looks like freaking um beverly hills cop like it's in the 80s right it's awesome yeah 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 absolutely god i can't wait next nugget narrative driven adventure and interactive musical game stray gods the role-playing musical will launch for ps4 and ps5 on august 3rd so this is Stray Gods. It's like, it's it's a bunch of cats, right? <laughs> and it's like the Aristocats? Yeah, it's a bunch of cat gods. Uh-huh. Okay, that's what I imagined. Uh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Dinosaur Ranch simulation game Paleo Pines will launch September 26th for PS4 and PS5. So it's like a PG version of Jurassic World Evolution. <laughs> uh, open world action adventure game Ruffy and the Riverside. Riverside, motherfucker! <laughs> Launches this winter for PlayStation. Motorcycle Metroidvania game Leica Age Through Blood was announced for PlayStation, but no release date was given, and uh, that game looks pretty cool as well. It uh, looks like it's going to be good. 
Huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. Narrative adventure game, The Bookwalker Thief Tales launches, or Thief of Tales, I'm sorry, launches June 22nd for PS4 and PS5. It's interesting. Bookwalker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dark Gothic Metroidvania game, The Last Faith, will release on PS4 and PS5 in October. Musical minigame rhythm-based battle royale game, Headbangers Rhythm Royale, was announced for PS5, and it's launching later this year. This is one of my other favorite announcements of the entire weekend. Have you seen this? No, it sounds amazing. <laughs> it's like, well, they didn't show any gameplay, but the trailer is fucking, it's awesome. It's like <laughs> Fall Guys, but with musical minigames, and every one of the pe- things, instead of jelly beans, they're all pigeons. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) dude, I can't fucking wait. Okay, yeah, I I can't wait. I'll send you the trailer. I can't wait. All right, Uh, this next one is one of my other favorite announcements. There was a lot for me this past weekend. Narrative-driven car combat racing RPG. They're calling it a car PG. It's clever. It's called Resistor. It was announced for PS5, but no release date was given. I think I did see this one. It looked pretty interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Climate Change Apocalypse Tactical Turn-Based Strategy Game. Yes, it's all of that. High Water will release this summer for PS5. Narrative Cooking Game Vimba will launch for PS5 on July 31st. Soccer Action RPG Button City Soccer. Yeah, sorry. Button City Soccer Days was announced for consoles and is launching in 2024. Turn-based time loop RPG in Stars and Time will come to PS4 and PS5 when it launches later this year. Tekken 8 is getting a closed network test for, for excuse me from July 21st through 24th, and again on July 28th through 31st on PS5. Persona 3 Reload and Persona 5 Tactica were both announced for PS4 and PS5. Tactica will launch November 17th, while Reload is coming in early. 2024 what's persona 4 why did they skip it uh i think they've done something with persona 4 i think no they haven't they've just ported it to some other consoles so i don't know i don't know what they're doing with that they'll probably get to that later you know it's like the metal gear solid shit they do everything out of order in japan (laughs) walking simulator baby steps was announced for ps5 and it's launching sometime next year cooperative sandbox survival game wizard with a gun will release on (laughs) ps5 later this year I imagine Hogwarts, but like... <laughs> yeah, with AKs? It's like Dumbledore just has a gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody starts <laughs> off, he's just like, wow! <laughs> yeah. Story-driven adventure game Salt Sea Chronicles was announced for PS5 and is releasing in 2023. Puzzle adventure game Cocoon has added PS4 and PS5 versions and it will launch later this year. And this was also one of my favorite announcements of this year. God, this game looks so fucking good. Look it up. If you haven't seen the trailer, can't wait for that one. Action puzzle game Haunty was announced for PS4 and PS5, and it's launching in 2024. Dating action game Eternites will launch on September 21st for PS4 and PS5. It's available for pre-order. It's only $30, and you can pre-order for 10% off at the moment if you're interested. A Christmas Carol-inspired Metroidvania game Ebenezer and the Invisible World was announced for PS4 and PS5. It's due out later this year. City Builder City Skylines 2 will launch for PS5 on October 24th. Let's fucking go. God, can't wait. Looks so good. Holy shit. It's only 50 bucks too. Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty expansion will release September 26th and cost $29.99. CD Projekt Red's most expensive DLC to date. 
It will also include a wide range of changes to the base game, including a new relic skill tree, a new notoriety system, new vehicular combat, a new clothing and armor system, and much more. Excited for that, too. Also, developer of the Chinese Room announced psychological horror game still wakes the deep for PS5, and it's launching early next year. Don't Not announced puzzle action climbing game Jusant for PS5. It is releasing this fall. Looks interesting. Overwatch 2 is getting its biggest content update yet called Invasion on August 10th. It's an invasion of content. <laughs> it is. Capcom announced Kunitsu Gami, Path of the Goddess, for PS5, but no release date was given, and it appears to be a strategy action game. So we'll see about that. Open-world pirate game Skull and Bones is getting a closed beta test from August 25th to August 28th. Reports came out later in the week, however, that claim the game will never get an open beta on (laughs) PS5, according to a developer of the game who was talking on a message board somewhere, even though I I am and you can sign up for tests on PS5. Apparently, it's never going to happen, so that's interesting. Yep, so we'll see about that one. That's... As we've talked about, numerous red flags surround that game. We'll see. Perfect. Let's buy it. Yeah, going to try to review it, though. Not going to stop me. Open world first-person shooter RPG Avatar Frontiers of Pandora will launch for PS5 on December 7th. God bless. This looks good. Holy shit. It's from the people who made The Division. I can't fucking wait. Yeah, oh. it, uh, I told you it's the inception of Avatar. Yeah, it is. VR. I was talking about VR avatar. You're an avatar with an avatar. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. God. Who's the avatar? We don't know. Yeah. If you wanted to be a blue person, you could just hold your breath. (laughs) You could. You could just sleep with the fishes. Oh, also, Dark Fantasy Strategy Adventure Game Gord will release on August 8th for PS5. Looking forward to that one too, as well. So many fucking games this year. God. Turn-based RPG Bloomtown, a different story, was announced for consoles, but no release date was shared. Puppet-filled survival horror game at My Friendly Neighborhood will come to PS4 and PS5 later this year. Pirate stealth strategy game Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew, will release for PS5 on August 17th. That's a prequel to The Queen's Gambit. Mm, It is. Extreme Sports Deliverium up. Parcel Core was announced for PS5 and is launching next year. And it's like, like Paperboy? Yeah, it's like Paperboy, but you do fucking BMX tricks the whole way. 2v2 fighting game Diesel Legacy, The Brazen Edge, was announced for PS4 and PS5, and it's coming sometime this year. First-person shooter Spider-Hunting sequel Kill It With Fire 2 was mm-hmm. announced for PS4 and PS5. Nope. It'll also release sometime this year. Or, sorry, it'll release sometime next year, excuse me. It makes me feel like my feet are like falling off. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I think you can play that in VR. You want to do that in VR instead? Oh. Would you rather go to World War One in VR or kill <laughs> spiders in VR? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Also, Island Life Simulation game Critter Cove was announced for PS4 and PS5, but no release date was shared. Real-time strategy game Warhammer Age of Sigmar, Sigmar Balls, Realms of Ruin... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll hold an open beta test on PS5 from July 7th through July 10th. I'm actually pretty keen for this. I'm pretty keen to Sigmar Balls. <laughs> All right. Cooperative psychological horror game Phasmophobia was announced to be coming to PS5 and PSVR 2 in August, and supposedly this game is really awesome. Uh, sounds like I'm going to shit my pants in VR, but uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. 
also all these survival horror games are we just like trying to make people like have fucking anxiety general anxiety <laughs> disorder like jesus all right free to play third person cooperative action rpg shooter it's all those things it's a free to play third person cooperative action rpg shooter the first descendant will host a cross-platform beta test on PS4 and PS5 from August 22nd to August 28th, and I'm actually looking forward to this. It actually looks pretty good. I think it's on Unreal Engine 5. Uh, I'm going to check it out. Visual novel Konosuba, God's blessing on this wonderful world. Love for these clothes of desire what? will make its way west. That's PS4, Japanese as fuck. According to publisher P-Cube, but no release date was given. Uh, yeah. that, that has to make more sense in the original language it was translated from <laughs> probably it's like a direct probably. you know direct translations don't always make sense so that has to be one of them yeah probably it could be also the king of fighters 15 is getting a cross play update and free dlc character named gonitz on june 20th gonitz my balls <laughs> a demo for Ghost Trick Phantom Detective is now available on the on the PlayStation Store with save data able to be transferred to the full game. Capcom shared a brief glimpse at gameplay for its MIA game Pragmata at their showcase this week. More importantly, they also announced that it has been delayed and will no longer release this year for PS5 after originally being announced at the 2020 PlayStation 5 announcement showcase. So it's in development hell, it seems like. Also, open-world racing game The Crew Motorfest will launch on September the 14th for PS4 and PS5, and uh, very much looking forward to that. Physics-based game Moving Out 2 launches August 15th for PS4 and PS5. Is it like Gang Beast, but you're moving furniture? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. It's it actually looks pretty. It actually looks pretty fun. I think the first one's on PlayStation Plus Extra or something, if you wanted to try it. I just didn't. I've just never... I forget about it. Also, Rain World is getting DLC called Downpour for PS4 and PS5 on July 11th. It's also the first time the base game will be available on PS5. The game's supposedly very hard. Action-adventure game Koa and the Five Pirates of Mara will launch for PS4 and PS5 on July 27th. Stealth action game Arashi Castles of Sin Final Cut, think Ghost of Tsushima, is coming to PSVR 2 this fall. And uh, that looks like a fucking banger for PSVR 2. You want to be Ghost of Tsushima in VR? The final episode of Dyschronia Kronos Alternate, or Alterante, as I have <laughs> It's called, the final episode is called. <laughs> is, that, is that in Italian? Yeah. Like, what is that? <laughs> I know, yeah, it's a little typo. Alterante. <laughs> anyway, the, the final episode of Dyschronia is called End of Hallucinations, isn't it? It'll launch for PSVR 2 on July 13th. Might and Magic Clash of Heroes Definitive Edition will release on PS4 on July 20th. Agatha Christie Murder on the Orient Express will launch for PS4 and PS5 on October 19th. Akiba's Trip Undead and Undressed, the fuck director's cut, will launch for PS4 on August 1st. I think you combine those two games together, Akita's Trip into Hallucinizations. <laughs> there you go. Jesus. The website Video Games Chronicle reported that Square Enix's 4v4 shooter and PlayStation Showcase attendee Foam Stars was one of their favorite games that they played at Summer Game Fest, and they were not the only ones to report this, which you pleases feel me greatly. I feel vindicated, yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, along those lines, I have made a list of every game that was at that PlayStation Showcase, and as they come out, I'm going to make a list, a note of their Metacritic scores. 
and I think that when all is said and done, that everybody is going to eat a big bag of shit on that PlayStation <laughs> showcase. Are you, what are you going to compare it with another one and and rank them? Maybe, yeah, that's a good idea. But I just think I think average Metacritic score of the games from that showcase. I'm going to go 82, like a 75. It's, okay, fair enough. But people people are just hard, too hard on that on that fucking showcase. Anyway, here we go. Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser announced Dick Hauser the founding of a <laughs> new media company this week called Absurd Ventures, which Hauser says will, quote, create new IP across all platforms and for all formats, end quote. Atlas confirmed that their recently announced fantasy RPG metaphor, Refantasio, is also coming to PlayStation after being announced at the Xbox showcase. Roguelite game Dead Cells is getting an, 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 an animated series, excuse me, from French studio Bobby Pills. Okay. See, I like that name, Bobby Pills. Do you? Okay. I don't know why. It's really good. Square Enix accidentally revealed a remake of Star Ocean, the second story, by mistakenly uploading images to its own web uh, support website. <laughs> God, how hard is it? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. PlayStation announced a free multiplayer weekend scheduled for June 24th and 25th, where PlayStation Plus will not be required to play online multiplayer. Lego 2K Go has been raided in Korea which is 2K's long-rumored Lego-themed soccer game, which is apparently coming this year, and it's being developed by British developer Sumo Digital, which checks out and which I am super excited for. Yeah, it'll be dope. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) Let's fucking go, yeah. I think this seems like an August release, potentially September. Like I feel like you want to maybe drop it when Premier League season starts back, maybe. So we'll see. Also, developer Grasshopper Manufacturer is remastering Shadows of the Damned, but no further details were given. Capcom dropped more gameplay footage of the RPG of RPG Dragon's Dogma 2, if you're interested. Likewise, Ubisoft shared a lengthy gameplay trailer for Assassin's Creed Mirage this week, in addition to gameplay for Prince of Persia The Lost Crown, if, you're, if you want to go deep on those. Ubisoft also announced its free-to-play first-person shooter X-Defiant will launch this summer with an open beta taking place June 21st through June 23rd. They also announced that Assassin's Creed Nexus VR is real, but apparently it's a MetaQuest exclusive, which sucks. Yeah, it's not fun. That would would put it up. Oh, God. If I was a PlayStation, I'd be like, put this on the VR, please, because it'll sell some. It'll sell some. Yeah, that's awful. That's dumb. Maybe not. We'll give it time. But that's that's terrible. That's cheeks, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. In a shocking turn of events, Jeff Keighley announced this week that Summer Game Fest will return for another show in 2024. Heavy metal music first-person shooter Metal Hellsinger got a new non-heavy metal track pack this week with music from Paramore, Depeche Mode, and Muse. Why the fuck would I want non-heavy metal? That's what I bought the game for. <laughs> I know. I, you know, they're just trying to do something different, I guess. I don't know. What would you call Muse? Muse could be heavy if it wants to be. Yeah, it, it's, it's different, that's for sure. I mean, because Depeche Mode, whatever, dude. Paramore, eh, I don't know. It's kind of like Evanescence to me. Yeah. Blizzard says Diablo 4 made more than $666 million in sales in its <laughs> uh-huh. first five days on the market. They couldn't wait to type that press could, release, could they? It, it could have, they could have made, uh, they could have made $700 million. They would have put, they would, it doesn't matter. It's over 666. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. They probably made a billion. They're like, no, 666, 666. Like they had a, they had a fucking. <laughs> Yeah, they had a fucking boner the whole yeah. time to type that one. And they drink each other's blood. Yeah, and then each other's cum right after that. Yeah, ugh. 
<laughs> Mine mixed together, so I'm I could have done both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. All right. Fighting game Soul Calibur 5 is being permanently delisted from digital stores on June 19th. So uh, it's a PS3 game. If you're still playing PS3, it's time to upgrade, maybe. Rockstar has removed over 180 cars from the in-game shop on GTA Online and moved some of them behind a paywall that on, only GTA Online Plus members can access. So mm. you got you guys did it. Fucking it's fucking bravo to you guys. Let's just not fucking play Red Dead Online and spend money there so they can fuck us all on GTA Online. Love it. And just Jeez. never give us a Red Dead Redemption 2 upgrade. Good Speaking job, of, guys. Do you think you can get the bravado? Or is it behind the paywall? Do probably um, behind the paywall now. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you could only get certain horses on Red Dead. Yeah. Oh, I would hate that too. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. You had to like. But, uh, you had to pay extra to get the Kentucky Sprinter or whatever they're called. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, website Games Industry reported that developer turned publisher and former PlayStation partner Quantic Dream announced their first batch of indie games that they'll be publishing. The group includes the aforementioned Under the Waves, but also Lise Finga, the Time Shift Warrior, which looks cool, the debut game from Sand Door Studio, and Dustborn, the next game from Dreamfall Chapter Studio Red Thread Games. Sony and PlayStation will not have a presence at Gamescom this August. The company has not participated in the event since 2019, so it's no real shock. Publisher Team 17 has opened a new studio called Cover 6 Studios to help co-develop World War II FPS Hell at Loose, which is uh, going through a bit of a rough patch here. Yeah, I assume cover six means watch your back. Yeah. Yeah, they need that. You can't can't release trailers with red fucking parachutes and clips sticking out of guns. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Yep. Brilliant. Um, Also, Playdigis announced the creation of a new publishing unit called Playdigis Originals, which will focus on creating indie games for consoles and PC Publisher Crafton has opened a new studio called Relu Games, or Relu Games, who knows. Website Pushquare reported that open-world extreme sports game Riders Republic is adding skateboarding in a new DLC coming on September 26th. Roller skating game Roller Champions is getting a Jet Set Radio crossover event starting June 27th. Mortal Kombat creator Ed Boon said that developer NetherRealm is not done making Injustice games. Power Wash Simulator's SpongeBob SquarePants DLC is dropping on June 29th. Sci-fi action-adventure game Hubris is coming to PSVR 2 this week. It looks really good, but it looks like it would make me vomit. Genshin Impact developer MiHoYo made more profit in 2022, a whopping $2.26 billion, to be precise, than the entire PlayStation division of Sony, which made $1.84 billion in profit just off the one game alone. If you're wondering why PlayStation is going so hard into live service, that should tell you why. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Silent Hill 2 Remake's release date may have been leaked, as an Australian retailer has a placeholder date of September the 29th, which is a Friday, so that checks out. A former Respawn Entertainment dev said that Titanfall 3 was in development for 10 months at the studio before being canceled, which is a, a real shame. Need for Speed Unbound has added the 1981 DMC DeLorean, a new progression system and new challenges. I fucking hate that car. Oh, okay. (laughs) I've always hated that car. (laughs) Well, uh, I disagree. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's cool. Okay, all right, whatever, man. Um, Also, also, um, Back to the Future sucks. So do the Beatles. 
Oh my god, <laughs> the the Beatles for sure. Back to Beatles the Beatles are fucking overrated. God damn, they're bad. They they are. Back to the Future though, you can fucking rot in hell for that. I actually don't mind the Back to the Futures. I just figured it would get your goat. <laughs> uh huh. Also, Roguelite Melee title Until You Fall was announced to be getting a PSVR two port later this month, but it's unclear if it will be a free upgrade from PSVR. The same insider who previously leaked Persona three and Final Fantasy nine remakes now says that a Final Fantasy X remake is happening as well, if that uh, mm-hmm. tickles you in all the right places. Yeah, you, can, you can keep that one, and then we'll put 3 and... I mean, we'll put, you know, 10 and 11, 11 and 2. We'll just keep going up each time. Yeah, fuck yeah. Air Twister, the spiritual... I hardly know her. Yeah, the spiritual successor to Yu Suzuki's Space Harrier has been rated for PS5 in Germany. I, none of that makes sense to me. <laughs> Final Fantasy sixteen will require... I should have mentioned that earlier this earlier will require a minimum of 100 gigabytes to install to your ps5 jesus the last of us is getting a horror themed horror themed attraction at universal studios so thank you we should go that sounds cool oh okay <laughs> oh you don't want to go yeah <laughs> not really but uh why maybe i don't know i don't, I don't want to be scared we're just gonna ride in the ride and then like i don't know joel's gonna come out and jerk oh. us off who knows it sounds great <laughs> all right you go do one fucking world war ii vr thing and you're just you just go yeah. take you go take mustard gas one time in the trenches or whatever the fuck, and now you're just all for it. It's nothing can phase you, huh? <laughs> no. Okay. Nothing at all. Then after those fucking bees on Fallout Four, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking bloat bloat flies. On Scariest Fallout thing I've 4. ever seen. Jesus Christ! Oh, the only time I've literally heard you scream out of fear. Ah! <laughs> what? What's, what happened? Oh, there's a fly. What the fuck? You know, anyway. and I've spent hours hiding trying to scare you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next nugget. <laughs> Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. El Diablo 4, Overwatch 2, The Last of Us Part 1 on PC, which has made it deck verified for you fucking nerds. Rainbow Six Siege, GTA 5, No Man's Sky, For Honor, Modern Warfare 2, and Warzone 2. So if you've been waiting for some content or fixes... Now's the time to check. Also, Dead Island 2 re- uh, revealed a story DLC map with the first dropping in the fourth quarter of this year called House, H-A-U-S. The next is called Soul Festival, and it is dropping in the second quarter of next year. Highly anticipated turn-based RPG Sea of Stars is now Quan, uh, Quan content complete, <laughs> according to Sabotage Studio, which means that it is on track for release this year. The Cyberpunk 2077 sequel will be made on Unreal Engine 5 and is being led by Gabe Amatangelo, Amatangelo, the lead on the 2077's 1.5 patch that was well-received by fans and is credited with turning the game around after its rocky launch. What's the sequel called? Uh, They haven't said. Hopefully it's 2078. (laughs) Mm, That makes sense. Yeah, it's probably not. It's probably 3027 or some shit. All right. Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn, has been delayed to 2024 by A44 Games. People, is it Siege of Dawn or Siggy? What did you write there? <laughs> it's The Siege of Dawn. It's just a typo. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. Shh. Also, People Can Fly, the team behind Outriders, I hardly know her, say that they still have not turned a profit on the game as of this March. I don't know that what, sucks. I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. Yeah, I think we should open up People Can't Fly. <laughs> and maybe see, our games just, will make profit yeah we'll just whatever we'll call ours in riders every time they make a game we'll flip it <laughs> perfect 
we'll, we'll be billionaires. They just can't turn a profit, and we're billionaires. <laughs> All right, Remedy Entertainment says Alan Wake 2 will take more than 20 hours to complete. Sounds perfect. Sounds, yeah, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And finally, Travis, Dominic Ro- Ro- Robiliar, Robillier, Robilliard, Robilliard, the former head of recently closed PlayStation Studio Pixel Opus, and also the former director on the canceled Star Wars 1313 <laughs> game, has Doing joined. Great. Yeah, has joined Skydance New Media to work on former Uncharted series director Amy Hennig's Star Wars project. Yeah, so he's got a great track record. Yeah. I'm sure everything will turn out fine. All right, and that is all for the news this week, and. I'm going to turn it over to Travis now, Dr. Sumi, for this week's new games. On the 13th, we have Dan Maku Unlimited 3. I missed the first two, unfortunately. We have <laughs> Dordogni. 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 Dordogne. That. That's okay. It's French. Then in the Grey Hill incident, that's American. On the 14th, we have Brave Soldier Invasion of Cyborgs. Uh-huh. On the 15th, we have Crime Boss, Rocket City, Fall of Porcupine, Layers of Fear, Pixel Ripped, Steel Assault, Urban Flow, Wolf Simulator. Urban Flow. (laughs) 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 So stupid. (laughs) So dumb. Okay. On the 16th, we have Al. On the 16th, I just we totally have Alchemy you Cutie, up. Yeah, <laughs> we Pearl have Jam. Blackjack, <laughs> Waifu Tour, uh-huh. F123, Ghost Files, The Face of Guilt, mm. Park Beyond, Steel Assault comes out again on the 16th. Oh, fuck. The Fairy yeah. Song, oh. and XEL <laughs> Complete Edition. So, yeah, the biggest release this week is probably F1, Rocket City. We're all interested in just to see how bad it is, really. And mm-hmm. then the. Um, uh, the Pearl Jam documentary Urban Flow comes out also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's good. I'm looking right now at some of these. Urban Flow, Urban Flow is a uh, $5.99 on uh, PlayStation Store. Let's see here. What is this? It looks like a really like minimalist like city building thing. You just basically make routes for cars and trains and shit. So okay, yeah, Urban Flow. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Grey Hill Incident, a first-person shooter survival horror game with gray men, the grays, the aliens. That's uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty unique twist on survival horror. I think the Grey Hill Incident is a thing. That sounds right, like aliens or whatever. But mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Crime Boss. Like you said, um, we might dabble on that. It's it's twenty percent off until June thirtieth on the PlayStation Store, so we got some time. And see how how bad that is. I guess F one is the biggest one for us this week. We are set to take off on our co op career uh, for a second year in a row here, and by all accounts, it's, it's a pretty good game this year. So excited about that. Dordonia is uh, a really cool looking game. It has like a watercolor, like hand painted art style. Um, looks kind of neat. So there's that. Uh, what else? Fall of Porcupine is kind of like that one game. Holy shit, Night in the Woods. Uh-huh. Uh, Night in the Woods, if that interests you. And uh, what else here? What do, we got? what do we got? Park Beyond is basically that other amusement park simulator that was on PS5 at launch. Same thing, basically, but from Sega. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's all for the new games this week. And uh, we'll start to wrap the show up here now. 
like we always do by discussing what we've been playing and anything we're looking forward to. What do you got? Yeah, tried some new things. I downloaded 2K, uh, mm-hmm. NBA 2K. Um, played, what did I play? I don't fucking know. I did like a My Team thing, got some cards. Mm-hmm. And then like I automatically got a Galaxy Opal because <laughs> they gave one away. And then like, you know, I had a bunch of packs to open because I'm a plus member. By the end of it, my team was like really, really good. And Sure. Played a little bit. I just kind of goofed around. I played a couple of um, challenges, like some three-on-three stuff, just mm-hmm. to get some gameplay feel. And um, I mean, I think it, I think it plays probably better than than twenty-two. If you sat down and actually played it, I can see why you'd like it. Mm-hmm. The shooting, I didn't mind. I don't know. I thought the defense was still weird. Like it's still people don't. I think I said something to you. Like people just don't rotate in a way that makes sense. Like their agility doesn't. match like they all move like Jokic and they all move like they're on a bubble but like John Morant should cut and go like LeBron should cut and go like that's what they're fucking huge quick people Um, they should move like it and maybe maybe if it maybe the physics of the game on the engine don't work that way maybe people if they had it that way it'd just be really OP I don't know but um that kind of annoys me. Until a basketball game has people that kind of move naturally for me, I'm I'm gonna have a hard time playing it because of like people on FIFA move pretty well, right? You know, I've played some other games where like like Gosha Shishima, the agility makes sense. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just gonna be hard for me to get into a basketball game until they fix that part. I think. It's almost like they need to redo their engine or something weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's been that. It's been the same. It's been the same since like 2K12. Mm-hmm as far as how they move and they, there's other things that they've changed and they've like jazzed it up it's just not there for me so i deleted it played some battlefield uh was really dog shit for a couple of games and then it was really good for a couple of games and i, I switched back to i got mad last night and i went back to the sw sniper and put the the thermal on it yeah <laughs> yeah that, you did. that helped that helped a lot um i was done with it like thermal is just cheating really to me but like if i'm having a bad night i'll throw it on because it makes me feel better and then I did I did some super mega baseball. I won my second title with the overdogs. So I uh, <laughs> just disbanded them. I deleted the franchise. I made a new one, put as many teams in it as I can, um, added in players from the super mega league and the old players and did a, did a random draft. So it's so fun to do that. Yeah. I'm playing that right now. My team's pretty fun. And like, you know, when you put that many teams, there's like 32 teams. So there's whatever 22 times 32 is, there's that many active players, so there's a lot of movement going on, and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I tried to mix in more <clears throat> fake people this time because the last time I only had two. I just kept drafting the real people, <laughs> so I made a rule that I can't play with anybody more than once. So if they're on my team, yeah, that's I get a good rid role. of them basically. So it's uh, it's a blast though. Like Mash Taters is playing really well for me. Um, Mm-hmm. Hammer Long Ballo is doing great for me right now. Um, you get a chance to draft Freddie Knox. He's only a B minus, but he literally hit nine twenty seven in the playoffs for me. <laughs> oh my I, god! It was fucking unbelievable. Like <laughs> all my other guys were like you know three hundred, and then you know Babe Ruth was like four hundred, but he doesn't count. Yeah, I, I, Freddie was like zero home runs all year. Playoffs, he had like three home runs. He hit nine hundred. I don't Jesus. know what happened, but. Uh, <laughs> That's what's fun about it is he's like just random, mm-hmm. random stuff like that will happen, you know. Anyway, and I, and I love the little things that pop up after the game. It'll be like, you know, somebody wants to be the face of a magazine 
So, you know, yeah. you give it to a player and he gets loyalty. Then it's like somebody needs to clean out the spittoon. So then they lose favorability. It's great. Yeah. Good time with that. And then I played, I played a little F1 today. Uh, last night, I got on after midnight, set up my single player career on my team. And I just set everything up, mm. did my car design, all that fun stuff. Hired another driver. They've added in some historic drivers. So you can um, have Michael Schumacher, you can have Senna. Uh, Mark Weber depends on how much money you want to spend. Of course, Mark Weber. I bought, I bought, I bought, uh, I bought. I signed as my number two driver, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi. That sounds who wonderful. Is like, he's a nephew of Christian Fittipaldi, I think. So, um, is, the is, guy who used to race in F one is my team like a my G, like a my like a franchise type thing or what? Yeah, like you basically you like the picture I sent you of my car was my my team car. So you make hmm. your livery, hmm. you design your suit and your helmet. You name your team. Okay. So I, I named it. I named my team Rockin' uh, Rickenbacker Racing after a World War One fighting ace who's also a race car driver. Mm-hmm. I picked. You know, you pick your engine unit. So you have Renault, Honda, Ferrari, Mercedes. Um, I picked. Well, it says Red Bull, but it's Honda. So I picked them because they have the best performance. Because um, I had a bunch of money from my sponsor that I picked. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you pick your sponsor. So once you get certain levels. You know your little acclaim, your driver acclaim, or your team acclaim builds up. Yeah, you you unlock more corporate sponsor uh, places on your car, and then you get you know weekly rewards and race challenges from that that you get money for, and then you use that for research and development for parts and to upgrade your facilities. So it's basically like my GM, like you're monet- you're managing all of that, and you're doing the races. So, huh? Yeah, so Sounds I did cool. that. Last night, I wish that co-op career was like that. I wish that we could have our own team, but yeah. you can't, so it's fine. But that would be a lot of fun, actually. I think that would be a lot more fun, to be honest, but it's okay. I did two races today. So basically, like the physics are so much better than last year. Like The car's more responsive. Um, it doesn't snap oversteer anymore, or like it would literally like just... It would literally just pull the car into the wall. Um, now it's like if you get on the gas too early, it will spin it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you shift in the wrong spot, it will throw the back end out. Like, which is all realistic stuff. If you shift at the wrong time, it can create oversteer. Like, because of the engine uh, braking, you're creating on the downshift at the wrong time. It can lock the rear axle, which will make you spin. Like, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, the details are really cool. Like, if you go off the racing line, your tire will pick up uh, what they call um, the marbles from. Like, you know, as, as the tire degrades, the rubber will marble off. So if you go out of the racing line, you'll pick that up on your tire. If you go off the grass, with grass on your tire. Yeah. And of course, all that makes your traction worse for the next little bit. So if you do any of those things, you will notice a traction loss and you can crash very quickly. I've used plenty of flashbacks. So um, in, our, in our career, I think I'm going to change some of the settings so it's a little bit more forgiving since we can't have flashbacks. I'm going to change it a little bit so it's a little bit because inevitably, until we get used to the game, like we're going to hit the wall and stuff. So I don't want to make it to where it basically just ends the race, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's cool. The picture I sent you, like, it's fucking, like, the detail is so good. Like, in actual races that are whatever, you, there's little rubber pieces that, that basically, like, like a gym floor with a rubber streak that'll be all over the car from the tire deg- degradation. The cars have that on the game. That's dope. My floor panels are all dirty because I went off the track one time, so there's all dirt on them. 
And then I had a hole in my wing, which I don't even know how I got. I didn't even notice it until I sent you the picture. But there was a hole in my wing, and I like I had went into the sand trap at one point, and I guess it blew a hole in the in the wing from the rocks. So uh, it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's it's, crazy. It's fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a great time with it, and like it's got like the, the thing that I never had last year that I've almost gotten in both of the races that I did today was like if you're doing a really good sim. And the same on Gran Turismo. If you're doing a really good sim, you kind of get into a flow state where you're like, you're not even looking, you're just driving, and you're like, you're really close to the wall and you don't even notice it. And yeah, like, I started, I started to get that on F1. I was like, okay, this has potential because last year I never, last year you're you're fighting the car so much you could never get into that zone. So um, yeah, I think it's I think it's really good this year. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it feels on the controller on the DualSense because like you were telling me earlier. You know, people are saying that it, it feels really good on on controller. Yeah, you know, which typically you can change your trigger feedback. You can change it to like it's on medium, but you can mm-hmm. change it to hard or or soft or whatever. So you can even you can even customize your input on the triggers. Yeah, I like the trigger feedback. It's some of the best use of the DualSense I, I that I've experienced. So I remember I remember last year after we would race, like my fucking hands would hurt because it's like so intense. Like you're just <laughs> yeah. racing so fast and. You know, fucking triggers are fighting you and everything. So I'm excited about it. Looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, I also played Battlefield 2042 uh, with you trying to work my way through the battle pass. I want all the new guns. I'm only at like level 22. I think <laughs> I unlocked the uh, new anti-tank grenade last night, but I still have nice. uh, still have a few more things to unlock as well. There's a new assault yeah, we rifle that, that I want. Who needed that last night? <laughs> yeah, we really did. We really did. And uh, also played a little bit more Super Mega Baseball 4. I've got a franchise as well. I haven't finished two seasons or anything like you have this week, but love that game. That's a sports game that is so enjoyable. We're getting a lot of these like more arcade-style sports sims, and I'm all for it. Uh, all for it. Indeed. Well, you heard me. You heard me. Was it yesterday? I hit a line. I screamed. Yeah. But, like, I, I just hit a guy in the face with a line drive. And, like, it's so fucking shocking when you do it. Like, yeah, yeah. I've done it 10 times. And every time I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, exactly. Also played some Diablo 4 over the weekend. Um, haven't played a whole lot this week. I'm, I'm busy with a review at the moment. Um, the game I'm reviewing, I can actually say that I'm reviewing it, but I can't give any impressions of it. So I'm reviewing a game called Nova Lens, uh, which is a factory build like an automation factory building management game it's kind of cool yeah it's it's interesting so i'm reviewing it on ps4 it's not out yet it'll be out on june 22nd if i remember correctly so you can look forward to my full review for gaming nexus uh very soon it supposedly takes 40 or 50 hours to hit full completion on that game which i did not know so we'll see about that one uh <laughs> it's uh it's one of those it's a time sink Anyway, so that's all I've been playing this week, and that's all that Travis has been playing. So we'll get out of here now. We uh, hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to get a new episode delivered every Monday on your podcast service or YouTube. And we'd also very much appreciate if you could leave us a like or comment, a rating, review, hearts, stars, thumbs up, all those good things. Very helpful for us when uh, battling the algorithms. We'd also appreciate if you could share us with a friend who you think might enjoy a PlayStation podcast where they can get all of the week's news in less than 90 minutes. Don't forget to find us on social media. Our primary feed is Twitter, where we go by at the DualSense Pod. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, 
if you prefer that, our website is thedualsensepodcast.wordpress.com. We'll get out of here now. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.